There's my beautiful bride. Awake. You see, she's been gone for 10 days. Okay. She travels a lot. It's because they tell a lot of short jokes, and it costs me a dollar every time. So she has a fun to work with. No, I'm just kidding. She was out helping one of our children, and uh, she's here for two and a half weeks. Almost three, then goes helps another child with the grandchild and stuff. So that's the way it works. You can tell we're getting old. She wants to spend more time with the grandchildren than with me. I don't understand that. But she puts a smile on my face. Amen? Uh, we have a little dog. Little dog decides always wants to sleep on her side of the bed at the bottom. Okay? It's not the same rolling over and giving my wife a kiss on the forehead. And rolling over and having a dog go, <sighs> Amen. It has nothing to do with the message, it just has to do with that I'm different. All right, amen. Open your Bibles to Isaiah 61. We're celebrating this weekend that, you know, they had the fireworks yesterday. I don't know what's on line for Fairhaven celebration tonight. I don't, nothing? Did the fireworks, is he still doing the carnival tonight or anything? If you, get, you want fried bread, though, it's probably too late. Okay. I'm getting old enough. I really don't care. I just want to celebrate my independence. Amen. But not from her. Okay. Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, in the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord in the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He might be glorified. The title of this morning's message is Liberty. Liberty. I'll go into my prayer and then we'll go on with the message. Heavenly Father, we just thank You for this day. Now, Father, I ask that You give me clarity of thought in mind, that You take control of my mind and my mouth, the actions of my hands and feet. I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit can have his will and his way in each and every heart that's here. Father, if there's someone here that doesn't truly know what it means to have sins forgiven, doesn't know what it means to have Jesus Christ be their only Lord and Savior, doesn't know that they have a home in heaven because of his shed blood and the cross and his resurrection, Lord, we pray that you would work in their hearts today, that they'd know today is the day of salvation, now is the accepted time. For the believers, Father, help us come apart from the cares of this world, and come together that your Holy Spirit can work in our hearts. And that, Father, we might know, we might praise, and we might give glory unto the God of heaven and earth, the Most High God. Father, and we thank you for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Opening text we just read, that's a prophecy of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I look at that, and I'm saying there, and it says... 
to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. The date given for the book of Isaiah basically is around 760 B.C. Okay, and you need to understand something. Your Bible is not just a book of prophecy, it's a book of truth. It's not a book of science, but where it speaks of that, it is always true. Okay. It's not a book of social studies, but where it speaks of the interaction of man to God and man to man, it is true. And if you don't know anything about American history, the founding of this nation had to do, deal with and to be based upon the laws of the God of the book that's setting in your lap if you have a Bible with you. Specifically a 1611 King James Bible. The proclamation of liberty is essential to the truth of the gospel. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. We'll see that verse later on. And I want to ask you this morning, what is liberty? There is conflated ideals of liberty in this country today. Okay, and they don't understand what it is, and I want you to know, no Webster's 1828 Dictionary. I'm going to give you some definitions. I want you to think about them in terms of this nation and in terms of our spiritual liberty in the Lord Jesus Christ. The first definition given was freedom from restraint in a general sense and applicable to the body or to the will or to the mind. The next one given was natural liberty, which consists in the power of acting as one thinks fit, without restraint or control except from the laws of nature. Now, who established the laws of nature? You're going to find that type of phrase that talks about the laws of nature and nature's God in the Constitution, in the Declaration of Independence. And the reason it's there is because nature is not happenstance. Nature is not evolution. Nature is given order by a God of order. Natural liberty consists of the power to acting as one thinks fit without any restraint or control except from the laws of nature. This liberty is abridged by the establishment of government. And that's because most people think natural liberty is I can do whatever I want, when I want, how I want, to who I want. But in so doing, you are then abridging the liberty of the person that you're overpowering. Civil liberty is the liberty of men in a state or society or natural liberty so far as only abridged to the restrained as necessary and expedient for the safety and the interest of society, state, or nation. Restraint in any other way in civil liberty is tyranny. You know what we're approaching in America today? Tyranny. Civil liberty is, is exemption from the arbitrary will of others, which exemption is secured by established laws which restrain every man from injuring or controlling another. Political liberty is liberty of a nation or state from the abridgments of its rights in independence by another nation. Is that important in the days we live? Think about what's taking place around the world. Religious liberty 
the free right of adopting and enjoying opinions on religious subjects, in worshiping the supreme being according to the dictates of conscience without external control. Without external control. I want to read something to you. Religious liberty in America is being slowly and surely taken away. There seems to be a code of platitudes that certain people have prepared who in many cases make no profession of true Christianity. You either use these platitudes or you are silenced or if permitted to be heard, smeared as a bigot or a fanatic. That was written by Dr. Albert J. Lindsley in an address to the National Association of Evangelicals. See, because there's the free course of worship of other religions but when you look at our nation's founding, we were founded a Christian nation. And because of that, the liberty we give to others to worship as they see their God is part of what true Christianity is. It's not conversion by the sword. It's conversion by acceptance of nature's God and the God of the Bible. You see here. This is the First Amendment of the Constitution. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for redress in grievances. Religious Liberty. Do you feel you have that today? The freedom of the will, exception from compulsion or restraint in willing or volition. You know what it means? I.e. to set at liberty to deliver from confinement to release from restraint. I want you to turn to Leviticus chapter 25 we're going to read, just read verse 10. This is not a secular nation. Okay. It is not. At least not the way our founding fathers and our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution is established. This is a promise given to God. It's a commandment to them dealing with liberty, having to deal with people who went into voluntary and sometimes involuntary slavery, and they consigned themselves as a servant of someone for a length of time. In verse 10 it says, And ye shall hallow the fiftieth year, and proclaim what? Liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you, and ye shall return every man unto his possession, and ye shall return every man unto his family. They are set at liberty. See? Freedom from restraint. Compulsion to obey another. They're set at liberty. You say, why is... You read that verse. What does it have to do with America? How many do you know... Because I, I want to have question because I don't know what secular teaching is like today in the schools. Do they teach you 
about the Declaration of Independence. They teach you about the Constitution. Do you know anything about a little thing in our history called the Liberty Bell? We're so busy trying to change our past to conform it to the secularization and the destruction of what our country was based upon that they don't know history. They don't know history. We don't teach history. We teach social engineering to the point that we are a country in confusion. If you don't know the difference between a man and a woman, look at yourself in a mirror. There's differences that will tell you so because God made you that way. And it isn't changed in nature. But it brings heartache and confusion. And our Bible tells us that our God is not the author of confusion. See, God, liberty was part of God's commandment to Israel. Part of that verse that I just read in Leviticus chapter 25 is on the liberty bell. It's inscribed on there. It says, proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. But you must remember, we live in a nation and our liberty because of the wickedness of man. I want you to know, inherently outside of God, I am not good. And outside of God, neither are you. And neither are the people who are in the places of government. And neither are the police. It doesn't make any difference if it's local government, county government, state government, national government, or in New York City, world government. Because that's what the United Nations is all about. Liberty throughout all the land, for all the inhabitants thereof. I want you to know, I have liberty as a citizen of the United States of America, but my liberty does not allow me to abridge the liberty of someone else. That's the reason that this country seeking liberty, and the founding fathers understood that. Democracy is abhorrent because it ends up in mob rule. You say, what does that have to do with preaching a message of, from the Bible? We'll get there. But my Bible tells believers to not be ignorant. Parents, you have a responsibility to make sure your children know when the world wants to teach them something different. Okay. Let me see here. This is our country. Well, I'm going to read part of this. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident. This is part of nature's law. That all men are created 
equal, that they are endowed by their Creator. Did you hear what I just said? We live in a nation where our young people are taught there's no such thing, and they don't even understand the bad science of evolution. And it is bad science. Endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I don't need to read the whole Declaration of Independence because people keep telling me I've got to give back 15 minutes. The end of the Declaration of Independence. And for the support of this Declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortune, our sacred honor. That's why blood was shed for the founding of this nation. That's why blood was shed to ensure the liberty of all of this nation's people. That's why blood was shed on the shores of foreign lands to keep the foreign governments from coming here and removing America's liberty. You can't get away from that. Our country is founded on the tenets of liberty which were given in God's Word. You can't change that. That's where the foundation is. Do you realize when they talk about nature and nature's God, I look back at the writings from the 1500s, the 1600s, the 1700s, and 1800s, recently this week in preparation for this message. I can't include them all in here. But when they talk about the laws of nature, they're making a reference back to the Ten Commandments. Do you realize that? Because without them, do you know if you applied the Ten Commandments, you don't need all the other laws and regulations that are put upon people in this world? Nature's God? We're founded on the tenets of liberty. They're given in God's Word. And we are in a struggle to maintain our liberty. Talking about a Creator who's the giver of life. And that all are created equal. And all have a right to life, liberty, in the pursuit of happiness. Do you even understand what's taken place with the Supreme Court of our land and trying to return back to some of them things and then the garbage that you are hearing? I want you to understand something. Okay? We used to have a program, we have one similar to it. One of the tenets of the program was you lose the freedom of choice, once you've made your choice. 
and the results of your choice are incalculable, inevitable, and up to God. In the conversation today in this country, and this is why wickedness is ruling, I want you to understand, I have counseled with women who've had abortion. There may be someone sitting here. This is not to attack you. It's for you to understand that the moment that baby was conceived, that's life. That is a human being. If it were not so, and I'm getting off on a ta- uh, maybe a tangent here, but I want you to understand, because there's Christians today who are arguing about, they believe that abortion is my body, my choice, my right. When you made the choice to get pregnant, even if you got pregnant without choice, which happens in rape and incest, do you punish the innocent? for the crime of the guilty? I just want you to understand, you do not have to agree with me. I'm asking you a question. Do we? We punish the innocent? You know what always breaks my heart is they don't want, and they talk, there's big questions, and you know that health centers who are pro-life are being bombed, burned, and destroyed in this country, and you're not hearing a lot about it in the news? And it's not just one incident, it's multiple incidents in this country. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But your liberty doesn't abrogate the responsibility you have to protect the liberty of the weak. And that's what our declaration and our Constitution is all about. Too weak to defend themselves. And we don't hear about it. We used to support a ministry that's kind of gone defunct right now. It was called Lifesavers Ministry early in the beginning of this church. I used to carry around in my pocket a little baby, plastic baby toy, 10 weeks old. That's two months, two weeks. And many times a woman doesn't even know she's pregnant at two months in two weeks. Do you know at abortion clinics, because they are not health clinics, they never show them that baby before they have the removal of that baby. They never show them, and you can go, you can go on YouTube and find a video that shows you the stages from conception to birth. You can see them on YouTube. And our files at home, because I'm a dinosaur, we have an old Life magazine that shows the pictures that were taken within the woman's womb, speaking from the time that the egg was impregnated by the sperm of a man and showing the developmental stages. They do not show that to someone they are trying to convince to take the life of the one she's carrying. Why is that? Aren't, we, aren't they trying to say, well, you just don't have enough knowledge? Ignorance is the enemy of liberty. Think about it. Do you know enough about life to help someone? Because 
in our country, you know what they're screaming right today? That because of this law being removed, Roe versus Wade, which even one of the most liberal justices of the United States said was not good law and would be overturned someday, she has now gone into her eternity. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She knew it was bad law. All they did is return the rights for those decisions back to the states. And they're trying to say, oh, babies and women are going to die. Do you not, do not understand? They never give you the statistics of women who die in legal abortions. It's more than died when the towers went down. Search it. If you think I'm passionate about this, you're right, because God gives us liberty, and we'll see why. This is the history of civilization. Do you know every civilized society lasts about 200 years? What is past is prologue. History repeats itself as time marches on. A study of history shows that the great civilizations of the world have averaged about 200 years. The people of the world have followed this timetable. The people go from slavery and to spiritual faith. From spiritual faith to courage. From courage to liberty. From liberty to abundance. From abundance to selfishness. From selfishness to apathy. From apathy to dependence. And from dependence, back to slavery. Independence Day? Back to slavery? This morning, let's look a little bit at biblical liberty for us today. Again, Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He might be glorified. You know what liberty does? It gives us the freedom to do right. Because to do wrong abridges the liberty of the weaker beside us. That's what's different about America. The defense of liberty. Peter Marshall was a Presbyterian minister who was made in... I think about 1947, he was made the chaplain of the United States Senate. He got up to pray before them. I believe this is his first prayer. I could be wrong in that. I was trying to find that out. And this is what he said. 
He said, Lord Jesus, Thou who art the way, the truth, and the life, hear us as we pray for the truth that shall make us free. Teach us that liberty is not only to be loved, but also to be lived. Liberty is too precious a thing to be buried in books. It costs too much to be hoarded. Help us see that our liberty is not to do as we please, but is the opportunity to please to do what is right. And he closed his prayer in Jesus' name. See, we have the promise of liberty. Point number one is the promise of liberty. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you should be free indeed. Who's the giver of liberty? We read here in Isaiah 61, I told you that it was a prophecy approximately 760 years before the birth of Christ. Turn to the book of Luke chapter 4. What sort of things are written aforetime or written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope? Luke chapter 4, the Gospel of Luke chapter 4 and verse 16 speaking about Jesus. And it said, And He came to Nazareth where He had been brought up. And as His custom was, He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto Him the book of the prophet Isaiah. That's Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance unto the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are what? See? The weaker. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down, and the eyes of all them that were in a synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this Scripture, what? Fulfilled in your eyes. You have the promise of liberty, and you see who is the giver of liberty. Do you know that's part of the promise of salvation? April 10th, 1977. I turned from going my way in the religion I was raised in to repentance towards God and faith towards Jesus Christ. Trusting in His death on the cross for my sin. His burial to remove the presence of that sin. And His resurrection to show victory over that sin and over the God of this world the prince and power of the air, the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience. He's the giver of liberty. Without Him, you are bound in your sin. And people say, no, I have liberty. I can do what I want. They just can't stop doing it. So therefore, they are not what? Free. Free? Do you know, I looked up the background, the etymology of the word liberty in the Bible, in its background, and it kept bringing me back. You know what one of the best synonyms for liberty is? Freedom. Freedom. 
But freedom always has boundaries caused by the freedom of others. And we need to understand that. Do I believe homosexuality is a sin? I can prove it from Scripture. But in my liberty, I have no right to take the life of those who practice that sin. Would I want someone to take my life when sin enters into my life? If you're here this morning, you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You are dead in your sins. Spiritually dead. You're without hope and without God in this world. You have no liberty. You're bound in the cords of your iniquity. But if the Son shall make you free, you should be free indeed. I am no longer a sinner in God's eyes. Bound in the cords of my sin. I am one declared righteous by God through God's Son, the living Word. So that makes me a saint. I think you all ought to start treating me as a saint from now on. If you're here this morning and you're saved, you're a saint also. Unto the saints at Rome, unto the saints at Ephesus, unto the saints at Galatia, one declared righteous by God. I'm a child of God now, adopted into a different family with the liberty God provides. Do I still sin? Just ask the people I have to work with. Ask my wife, ask my children. But it has a different power in my life than it does in a lost person's. And my liberty in Christ does not allow me to force others to accept my liberty. Do you understand that in America? It's not so in any Islamic country on the face of this earth. It is not so in any socialist democratic republic. Confusion of terms, isn't it? It's not so in the two other major powers on the face of this planet today, Russia and China, because they do not, as a government, understand the God of nature and the God of this Bible and the liberty provided. We have the promise of liberty given to us in God's Word. We have the giver of liberty. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, this is Scripture is fulfilled this day in your sight. See, liberty is synonymous with freedom. The Epistle of Paul to the church at Galatia, you've heard this text many times. I've preached from it. Verse 1 of chapter 5 and verse 13. But verse 1 of Galatians 5 says, Stand fast therefore in the... what? Liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Israel was chosen of God. God the Father 
to be His chosen people. America wasn't chosen of God. America chose God. We chose the Creator God. The God of the Bible. The other day at a graduation ceremony for homeschool students, they did the pledge to the flag, United States of America, they did a pledge to the Christian flag and a pledge to the, to the Bible. It used to be, man, when I was in school, you know what you started every day with? Every day. From kindergarten to graduation. Stand up. Please. Pastor Caleb, lead them in the declaration or the, the pledge to the, of allegiance to the no, lead them to the pledge to the flag of the United States of America. To the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Please be seated. What did you just declare? Allegiance. One nation under God. Because He's the giver of liberty. Not the gods of this world. Not the gods of man's own making. Not the gods of wood and stone. But the one true God. You know why the other gods come to being in people's minds? Because they reject Nature's God. The heavens declare the glory of God. The ferment showeth forth His day unto day, night unto night. And their voice is gone throughout. What did I just have people finish saying? I'll tell you, you find it someplace between Psalm 1 and Psalm 25. If you don't know where it is, start reading in Psalm 1. You'll get to it. At least I'll know you've read your Bible that day. One nation under God. Turn to John chapter 8. I knew he was going to bring the Bible into someplace. See, we have the promise of liberty. We have the giver of liberty. John chapter 8, verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then ye are my what? And ye shall know the what? And the truth shall make you free. Why do we impinge and restrain the truth of life from people when they're trying to make some of the most important life decisions. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's seed and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? They're Abraham's seed, they've never been in bondage. 
Read the Old Testament. Every time God's people chose not to have the God of the Bible, nature's God, to be their God, they went into bondage. And once they went into bondage and they had lost all their liberty and they were slaves and servants and cattle and chattel to the people they were under, they cried out unto the God of their fathers and He would deliver them. And they'd go through those stages that I read to you about civilization. And the blessing of God would come and they'd forget that the blessing's not important. It's the one who gives the blessing that's important. And they answered him, We have Abraham's seed and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be what? Free indeed. Do you know that today, if you're here and you're not saved, you don't know if heaven would be your home, that the devil is not your greatest enemy? Do you know that there's people, according to the revelation of God, that when the devil is bound and his spirits have no power, the, un, the fallen angels, the other lesser devils, that the inherent nature of man will cause them to choose against God? The Bible prophecy, it's never been proven wrong. Do you understand that your greatest bondage is not unto the devil, it's not unto this world, it's unto self. And sin. And sin is the greatest bondage. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. We have the promise of liberty, the giver of liberty, we have the cost of liberty. And I want you to know liberty always costs blood. It always costs blood. Blood shed to give and to protect the liberty of those who are bruised, those who are weak, and those who who can't proclaim liberty themselves. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet worthy, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. 
who delivered us from the power of darkness and then translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. And He is before all Him, before all things, and by Him all things consist. That tells me who's the Creator God. Christian, who is the Creator God? Jesus Christ. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Jesus was the active element. The world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. It says there, through His blood. 1 John chapter 1. Believer, do you understand the cost of your liberty, the ability to have sins forgiven continued after you're saved? 1st epistle of John chapter 1. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the what? The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's the cost of blood. The cost of blood. Turn to the book of Romans. The epistle of Paul to the church at Rome, chapter 3. I wasn't going to read this whole passage, but I'm trying to go to where the beginning of the sentence takes place. Okay? So I have to go to verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Being justified, how? Freely by His grace, unmerited favor. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. It's offered of God. It's grace. Grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's redemption. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through the faith in what? His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. Now you've got redemption, you've got remission, and it says to declare, I say at this time, His righteousness that He might be just and the justifier of Him which believeth in Jesus. Your past is covered, your presence is covered, and your future is covered because He's the one who justifies you and gives you the liberty that you enjoy as a child of God. But the cost of that was his blood. So we have the cost of liberty. The cost of the liberty of the United States of America is found in 
Flanders Fields on the shore of Europe. Arlington National Cemetery. Cemeteries and graveyards all over this land. The graves on foreign soil of the men and women who shed their blood that we might be one nation under God. Indivisible. People are trying to destroy the freedom, the liberty, and the unity of America because they're denying nature's God. Do you move away from nature's God? Or do you stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage? So we've seen the promise of liberty, the giver of liberty, the cost of liberty. And I want you to understand this morning, there's restraints to liberty. My liberty is restrained so that you also can have liberty. Your liberty is restrained so that others can have liberty. Epistle Paul to the, the Epistle of Paul to the Church of Galatia, chapter 5, verse 13, and it says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the... But by what? Love, serve one another. Serve one another. You see, liberty was infinitely precious to our fathers because it bore the marks of sacrifice. It was crimsoned with the red stain of their own blood. We are inclined to hold our liberties cheaply because they cost us nothing. They don't teach our children about our founding fathers. They try to say many of them were deists. When you study their history, no, they were not. Because they're referring to the Creator. They're referring to the God of the Bible. Even one who for most of his life, you can look at his writings, he would call a deist, ended up coming to a different understanding. And that's Benjamin Franklin. He said, those who give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety. What does that sound like? Deserve neither liberty nor safety. They don't teach you that in the, the public schools today, do they? Paul Shear, a preacher, said a long time ago, we find liberty when we find God. We lose liberty when we lose God. Because then it becomes about me over you. Or you over me. The cost of liberty. The restraints of liberty. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for what? Occasion to your flesh. But by love, serve one another. 
first epistle of Paul to the church at Corinth, chapter 8 and verse 9, it says, But take heed lest by any means, and he was talking about eating doubtful things in Corinth, things that weaker brethren did not understand spiritually. It would cause them to sin. He says, take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become what? A stumbling block to them that are weak. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Tomorrow's Independence Day. We celebrate our liberty. That's what the fireworks are about. You know what the fireworks were supposed to be a picture of? Bombs bursting in air. I wonder where we hear about that. Do our children know that song? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Whatsoever is sold in the shambles that eat, asking no question for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If any of them that believe not bid you to a feast, and ye be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you eat, asking no question for conscience sake. But if any man say unto you, This is offered in sacrifice unto idols, eat not for his sake that showed it. And for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Conscience, I say, not thine own, but of the other. For why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? For, for if I by grace be partaker, why am I evil spoken of? For that which I gave thanks, I give thanks. Whether therefore ye eat or drink, what's that next word? Okay, the major word, the first next word is or, but the next word is whatsoever. What does that mean? Anything else you do, everything else you do, or whatsoever you do, do all to what? Neither give offense, neither to the Jews, nor the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. There's only three classes of people in this world. God's chosen people, the Jews. All non-Jewish, non-saved people. And then the church of God. Not made up of a Baptist bride, but it made up of all those who've truly trusted in Jesus Christ as their only Lord and Savior. Even as I please all men in what? Not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. That's the restraints of liberty. Let it not be an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. There's things I know that are not sin. Don't cause me to sin that I don't do. Because if some of you here that don't have that understanding of that see it, it would cause you to stumble because then you would think, I'm in sin because you have a conviction on your mind because of what God saved you out of that makes a lot of things sin for you. I'll give you a simple rule for sin. To him to know to do good and doeth it not, timid is sin. You live by that today? 
The world tries to say protection of human life is sin. The world tries to say standing on the foundation of nature and nature's God because nature is not confusion. There's order to it because there's order to God. The author of confusion is not the God of the Bible, not nature's God, not our Savior. It's Satan. If you're here this morning, you're at liberty. Is your liberty used for love that you might serve one another? See, because liberty is supposed to be used to the glory of God. If the Son shall make you free, ye shall be what? Free indeed. Please stand. You don't find liberty in this closing passage, but I want you to think. When God's people learn, God's people hear, God's people reason with the God of the Bible, when God's people understand, we don't need to be afraid of this world or the governments of this world any longer. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you, as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. Having your conversation, your manner of life, honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. What's liberty for? It's ultimately to bring God glory. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors as unto them which are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free. You hear what that says? Liberty. Free. And not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness. But as the servants of God. As we celebrate Independence Day. Can you celebrate the independence of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your life from the bondage of sin, your greatest taskmaster? If you don't know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, we invite you to come. We'll have someone show you from the Word of God how today you can know you're saved. Because the Bible says these things are written that you might know that you have eternal life. And you can now step into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Believer, are you living your Christian life like the, the steps of civilization? You've gone from slavery to sin to faith. You've gone from spiritual faith to courage. You've gone from courage to liberty. You've gone from your liberty to abundance. And we forget about 
the giver of liberty. And you go from abundance to selfishness. And from selfishness to apathy. And from apathy to dependence. And from dependence back into slavery. If the Son therefore hath made you free, you are free indeed. When I look at this message, I look, God, please forgive me because I have not been a good representative of the liberty you've given me at all times. In whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Believer, if God speaks in your heart this morning, as we celebrate America's independence, can you be honest with God and say maybe you've gone from liberty to abundance? From that into selfishness? Do those around you know that you have the liberty given to the children of God? If not, why not? And maybe you need to lay that on this altar because if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. His blood gives us that privilege as those who are made liberty are given liberty in the freedom of Jesus Christ. God speaking to your heart this morning. You come, and as you celebrate tomorrow, will it be a hot dog day, a Hamburg day, or Independence Day? What has God said to you this morning?